Hi there, I'm Lindsay Zarniak, and this is Players, conversations with country music artists about their love of sports. This week's guest is the always entertaining Chris Young, who is fabulous, other than the fact that he is a Dallas Cowboys fan, which goes against every grain of my body, but that's okay, I'm going to let it slide. Um... Here's what you need to know about Chris Young. He won Nashville Star in the fourth season. And by his standards, it took him a while, right, to know if he was actually going to get that big break after that happened. So finally, in January of this past year, he kicked off his Losing Sleep 2018 World Tour. Losing Sleep is his 10th number one single. And I can tell you from experience that sports stars, they all have superstitions of some sort, right? Chris Young shared a superstition that he's got uh, with me on this episode, and it definitely takes the cake. Uh, It's one of the craziest things I've ever heard, but it's pretty great. You've got to check it out. We started this conversation talking about sports, which was great, and until we talked about our two teams, which, you know, are huge rivals, but it was a lot of fun in the process. So here's my conversation with Chris Young. I hope you like it. So, Chris Young, I'm thankful that you didn't walk in here with the big Dallas Cowboys hat on because I was preparing myself that that could be what happened. Well, on the way up in the elevator, there were two Philadelphia Eagles fans. and I, Well, Why? because, it, you know, this is the They first, just show themselves they, on the days like this, they right? They just appear. <laughs> the start of the season. And then they look at me, and normally I could have done the, hey, look at this cool <laughs> meme where you guys don't have any rings, and now I can't do that anymore. <laughs> Uh, I have a couple friends in particular that are huge, huge Eagles fans. Uh, one who's lost a bet to me before and had to wear a pink Tony Romo jersey oh, at work. Oh, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, my phone just blew <laughs> up when they won the Super Bowl. He was like, you can never say it again. They're so, so happy. And uh, and good for them. That was a crazy, crazy run. Wasn't it? I was at that game, and I just remember being on the field afterwards and you know, the confetti's falling and all that stuff. And I was waiting to do interviews. But I, I'm just looking at Nick Foles and looking at that whole team. They had something really special going on. I mean, their chemistry was evident. It, it reminded me a little bit of right, you know, right before Flacco got paid, when he had that just insane run and had like no turnovers, and it, it was just this perfect window of time for him. And I felt like that's kind of what that was with Nick Foles. Yeah, and then the whole quarterback situation there is just fascinating to me. The fact that you've got Carson Wentz, and you know that you would do that anyway. Anyway, I digress. Those yeah. are not our. That's not our team. No, that's not our team. Um, it's uh, but I, I did not wear a Cowboys jersey. So okay, you're, you're and safe. I say that because I am a Washington Redskins fan, so that's where I grew up, and so our rivalry is probably one of the best in all of sports. Although we have nothing to show for it for the past two decades. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure it is. <laughs> Neither do you, but uh, no, we, we don't either. Uh, but it's it's really funny. We we really and truly do have one of the craziest rivalries. Mm-hmm. And one of my best friends, I was telling you, is is a uh, Washington fan. And so we try every year to go to the uh, the Cowboys game against Washington at the stadium um, in Dallas because uh, got several friends that that live there, and we just kind of go and hang out. And every year he finds the biggest, loudest piece of gear that he can find and sits right in the middle of all of us Cowboys fans. I'm like, thanks, dude. That's awesome. What is it like to be a Cowboys fan at that stadium for that game when you go each year? Okay, it's incredible. Uh, like a good, in a good way. Yeah, it, the the stadium is insane. Mm-hmm. Like it, Just the sheer amount of money that went into that thing. Like Jerry Jones was not afraid to spend on that. Um, but it, it's it's a little wild because it's quieter than a lot of other stadiums it's it's not you know built to be you know a lot of the the older stadiums that still exist you know they were built just kind of how many butts can we put in seats and how loud can we make it Mm -hmm. and uh it's a little bit quieter but it's also 
just a crazy experience. I've gotten to go down on the field a couple times and, and just hang out and, and watch and, uh, you know, being a huge fan, it's one of those things you just kind of, there's not much I would say I would get that amped up about, but you're just standing there and watching the game. You're like, this is crazy. This is so cool to be here. Uh, full disclosure, you know, it is the start of the NFL season as we're talking. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, there's also a lot to talk about with you and music. But I'd love to hear, like, how did you get into sports so much? Uh, so obviously from Tennessee. So everybody goes, well, why aren't you a Titans fan? I'm like, I'm 33. We did not have them. <laughs> and at the time, it was kind of pick between, you know, the teams that are closest are the Cowboys, Falcons, and so it was like you get to kind of pick, and that was obviously when the triplets were there, and mm-hmm. uh, I was like, ah, there, "There's my team, there it is," and uh, just been a Cowboys fan ever since. And also, you know, I never really got to be a huge college football fan, and until I was like late teens, right when I turned twenty, uh, I was living in Texas and was rooting for the Longhorns because my roommate was a huge Longhorns fan. I was like, well, I don't have a college team, so I'll root for him. Sure, why not? Hop on that bandwagon. And, uh, well, and they they won a national title with Vince Young, and they (laughs) have not won anything since. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where once I'm a fan of a team, that's it forever. You know, what's interesting about that is I think you're exactly right. And I think I think that sometimes it takes one thing that someone hooks onto an athlete with that makes them relatable, right? That can create a fan for life. And I've seen that in every sport, right? NFL, NASCAR, whatever. It can be like a sponsor on a car in NASCAR, <laughs> right? And then someone loves that driver. Budweiser, right? You're Dale Jr. Uh, back in the day. But with, with music, I'm wondering for you, like how much do you think about relatability as a country artist? Oh man, uh, you know I think you—it's always in the back of your mind a little bit. Um, whether it's something you're doing or what the tour's like or a song you're writing, you're like, okay, who's gonna like hear this and be like, I've lived that before. So I think that always is in the back of your mind a little bit. But part of that's kind of that indefinable thing about music where you put yourself out there and you kind of tell people who you are as an artist and all of the things that make up who you are going to an album, and then you hope everybody doesn't go, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like who you are. <laughs> I don't like you at all. Uh, but it, it really is. You know, every album is kind of, there's always really personal things that you put into the music that go on a record. And, you know, I, I joke a lot. People are like, okay, well, where did this song come from? And I'm not really the kind of person to name names, but I, I was like, you know, when I, I had Tomorrow out, and I was like, that's the most money I've ever made off a breakup. Like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a, ended poorly, but you know what? I got a great song out of it, so it worked out. So when you have a song like that, and there's a legit story for you behind it, how does that work? Do you do you let the person know, or what's the etiquette behind that? No, I do not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going, hey, I wrote this about you. Check and, it out, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not showing up at, you know, the girlfriend's house going, babe, listen to this song I just wrote for you. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, I do I do write a lot of love songs, so yeah, I guess if I wanted to get away with that, I could. But that's interesting because that song did so well, right? So did the person that it was about to realize and say? Oh, oh yeah, she knew it was her. <laughs> There's no question. She knew. <laughs> she knew. Because uh, it was one of those, you know, that the line in the chorus is, you know, we're like fire and gasoline, I'm no good for yeah, you, no yeah. good for me. And, and that was what it was. It was like really great or really bad, and there was no in-between. Um, oh man! Yeah, but I, like I said, I got a good song out of it. 
That's awesome. That's a great story. That's also how it is sometimes in sports. How did you? How did your sports interest begin from when you were a kid? What got you into it? Um, you know, one of the first things I really remember doing was I threw a, a Super Bowl party and everybody came <laughs> over dressed up, you know, in, in whatever their team gear was. And of course the Cowboys were not playing in the Super Bowl, but that that's not important. Um, you know, everybody <laughs> showed up and, and I just remembered that and it was so much fun. Even when I was a kid, I was going, all right, this is cool. Like, I like this. That's cool. Uh, my mom was a single parent, um, until my stepdad came along uh for a lot of my sisters and I our childhood and uh she didn't didn't make a whole lot of money but one of her bosses one time gave us tickets to a basketball game and so my mom took us and was like oh this will be cool something we can go do uh we didn't know we were like in floor seats and I, I just, I'd never been to a professional basketball game before, so that NBA was my game? first experience. Nice. It was an NBA game. Courtside? <laughs> Courtside. And we were just like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is what it's like every time, right? And she's like, no. Uh, oh, wow. That's but, awesome. you know, th- there was always like little moments like that, that that happened, and I was just always drawn to it and always had a love for, for sports, even though um, I did not play. Because everybody sees me and they're like, oh, six four, right. kind of big guy. It's like, did you play football? I'm like, nope, I did choir. It worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a terrific story, and it's very true. <laughs> that's interesting though about your mom, and that's awesome that that you were at the game with her. Because I always wonder sometimes, you know, if I'm taking my son or my daughter who's too young right now, but around sports, like, right? You wonder when they start to ask questions, what's that like to you? What was it like going to sporting events sometimes with your mom? Oh, it was awesome. You know, I was, I was referencing my stepdad when he did come along, he, uh, got tickets to the, just the local speedway that's here. Oh, I love and, that. uh, so we would pack, like they would let you bring in whatever you wanted to bring in. So my mom would like make sandwiches and stuff and we would go watch, um, the legends cars race yeah. out at the speedway. And I remember doing that. And that was like a very vivid memory wow. that I had with my mom and my dad and, you know, a sporting event. It was really cool. That's cool. I think racing is a great um, sport to get kids involved in just because it's such a family affair. Or it really can be. Okay, so you mentioned early on you chose choir over <laughs> yeah, sports. I did. So what was that like? Well, I also went from being the shortest kid in my class in the eighth grade to being one of the tallest when I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> so I was super awkward and like, <laughs> hey, like he's tall. He could probably play basketball. Never mind. Um, oh, no. But but it, it was uh, it, it was really like a decision because everybody was like, oh, you, man, you got they asked you to play sports. And I was like, well, yeah, but I did choir instead. Everybody was like, are you sure? <laughs> Um, yeah, but it, it was, it was, it was a decision because people were like, oh, you can play sports or you can do choir. And, and that's what I picked. And there were some, some of my friends going, why didn't you do basketball? <laughs> uh, but like I said, it worked out in the long run. Because like, I have courtside seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got courtside seats. That's no big deal. <laughs> um, so that, so what was that like? When did you realize, okay, this is something that I really want to do? Uh, I realized fairly early on that, that I wanted to do music and, I was really lucky that, you know, my mom and dad and my sister and my friends all supported that uh, through a lot of painful hours of me singing in my room. I'm sure very loud, uh, especially my family. Uh, I, I kind of never shut up. So uh, once you go, all right, well, I'm going to be a singer, then it's just all the time. You know, I'm just constantly singing everywhere. And What would you sing? 
Um, everything, like, first of all, anything country. Like, my knowledge of country music is really deep, you know, thanks to my parents, my grandfather, who, you know, we would go over to the house and he would have 45s and 78s of Marty Robbins and, like, sit me down and tell me about the history of country oh, music. Awesome. And uh, it, it's really cool now because I, I have a, a huge wide base of that. But also, you know, huge Boys to Men fan. Huge, huge Boys that. to Men fan. So, like, every Boys to Men song on repeat. Uh, Aerosmith, yep. big, big Aerosmith fan. Um, did a lot of musicals, obviously, been in choir, so sang yeah. a lot of that stuff. So, just a very wide ranging group of music. High I school musical. I would be caught was... singing. <laughs> what was your favorite um, role in a high school musical? Man, uh, I got I got one of the leads in West Side Story when I was a freshman. Oh, wow. And so that was really, really cool because, you know, freshmen didn't get leads at my school. So it was uh, it was awesome. So I, I would say that one just because it was, you know, it was the first big one that I did. It was really cool. So winning Nashville Star, if you were going to equate that to uh, something in sports, what would you say? Uh... What would that achievement equal? And I mean this in the best way possible. It was like signing your first contract because it wasn't like winning, you know, a a big title because it was kind of at that point, a lot of the work started. So it was a cool moment. It was like something I got to celebrate, but it was like, okay, now, now I've got work to do. Because with that, you got the contract, basically. Right. Basically, I got the contract and then like the next... Three and a half years, I, nothing. <laughs> like every single I put out died a horrible, painful death. Really? Uh, yeah. The first single was a song called Drinking Me Lonely. It died at 37. Uh, so we went to the second single, um, which is a song called You're Gonna Love Me. That song died at 52. Then we made, <laughs> we made another record. And the whole time I'm, I'm going on radio tours. So I'm in like every Southwest middle seat and Buick Regal rental car. On, on the face of the planet. Uh, and then I come home and everybody's like, so what are you doing these days? They're like, oh, still got a record deal. Still still trying right. to make that work. And uh, the, made the next record, put the first single out off that record. Everybody's excited. Died at 37. So Wait, so how when, when that's <laughs> happening to you, I mean, what is that? What What is that like going through that? When you are waiting and then you're, you know, you're looking to see where it hits and... You know, and just because obviously we're talking sports and music, uh, it probably the best way to describe that is is you're the guy that almost makes the roster at the cuts. Oh. <laughs> so you're like, Painful. hey, no, you're pretty good. Never mind, you're not going to be on the team this year. You're like the last so cut. Before you're like they the go last the one. Season. You're like the last oh, cut the of the roster. So uh, it was like everybody was super supportive my label still wanted me there they kept putting singles out and it was just like man is this ever gonna work and uh the fourth single was getting you home which ended up being my first number one so when that happens finally how what was your reaction oh my god i could have run up and down the street without any clothes on i i like that (laughs) we celebrated so hard and it was it was the first number one that rca had had in like 12 years it had been like this really long gap uh, that that imprint specifically had had a number one record. So it was this huge thing. Everybody went out. Um, allegedly, we drank. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was just a really, really cool time, and, and we celebrated that one really big. What was it about that song, you think, that hit? 
you know what? I don't know. I, I think just for whatever reason, that timing worked. And and the reason I say timing specifically is the third single that I put out that died at 37, that was mm-hmm. the first single off that record, we ended up re-releasing as the fourth single. So we put it out again, and it worked and was a number one. So what's the logic behind that? I have that? no idea. <laughs> it is just all up to timing Some sometimes. Or may, maybe, right, maybe it goes back to the relatability and people all of a sudden, you're on the radar in a big way, and it's like, wow. Now they kind of feel like they're getting to know who I am as an artist, and they're like, okay, this song's cool. What did your family say? Oh, they were excited. You know, they, they watched me go through all this and just felt like I was kind of banging my head against the wall at times. I was like, oh, it's fine. It's it's going to work, I think, eventually, one day maybe. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they celebrated really hard too. You also mentioned something I think is interesting that, you know, when you'd go back home or whatever and you're like, yeah, I still have a record deal. You know, that's that's something, expectations and dealing with things that people ask you and what friends say. I mean, that's got to be difficult too, right? I mean, how did you deal with that? Or did you kind of come up with a Yeah, know, I mean, statement? it's... It was one of those things you really want to be successful just because you want to be successful at anything that you do. But you also want everybody else to go, oh, man, this is cool, and I love this song. And, and when you see, like when you don't get that from your friends at the beginning, that's that's rough. Because it's like you know what your potential is. You know that you believe that you're going to actually, that it's going to actually work. But it's I think that's really, that's something that happens across the board a lot for people is like, you know, getting letting things in your head. And a lot of people don't see all of the work that goes on behind the scenes. And that's in any career mm-hmm. of, of any kind, whether it's creative or athletic or, or not. And uh, so, so people want to celebrate the successes, but sometimes they don't see the, Oh, well I've had four hours of sleep today and I'm getting <laughs> up to go get on a plane. They're like, Oh cool. You're out of town. You're doing fun stuff. It's like, no, no, today's not the fun day. <laughs> but, and, but for you also, when you run into people that are fans of yours, you've got to be on, right? I mean, you, you're a likable guy anyway. It's not that's that's your personality, but right? You, I think that that's another thing that. Maybe, that do I slide my wallet across the table for her saying that one? Is oh that, well, yeah. I mean, I will it? accept <laughs> big big bills, but no. Um, no, but you know what I mean. Like that's an added thing that I think people don't think about is. You do. I mean, if you get frustrated with someone. That's I not. Guess, I guess technically you could be rude to everybody if you want to do. That was like hey, this is my personality, but it it is something, especially in country music, especially because there's there's such a close tie to the people that come out to your shows, and you're mm-hmm. you're much more visible and in in contact with those people. I, I think than you know at least I can't speak for other genres, but. I know in country it's all the time. You know, we have CMA Fest that's just, hey, everybody come to Nashville and hang out with us for a week. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I did one year where I signed for 24 hours in the span of four days, uh, just at different booths and different Whoa. setups for people. That was a lot. <laughs> Whoa. I know, I just like hearing that Garth did it and Taylor Swift did all that in a straight go. I was like, 24 oh, hours? Oh, you oh, mean? I'm, in, I'm impressed. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that, I mean, that is something that's really special about country, right? That that access and that, I think that's really different. So, yeah, you do want to be polite when you see people <laughs> out, you know? <laughs> you don't want to be like, please go away. I don't think, I don't think that ends well. 
Can you imagine if you had a box arrive to your house with clothes and not just clothes, but also some awesome jewelry and some bags? That is exactly what Stitch Fix is. Um, this is something that I really feel could potentially change my life, but I've, I've got to actually see this process through. I've started it, which is making me very, very pumped. It's an online personal styling service that finds and delivers clothes. They also do shoes. They'll do accessories, and it's everything that fits your body, fits your budget, fits your lifestyle. And being on air, I can tell you it's hard because sometimes you feel like you're recycling the same outfit and you're like, oh, I hope they didn't realize I wore that purple blazer two weeks ago. Um, so for me, this you know has dual purpose. But if you go to stitchfix.com slash players and if you log on, tell them your sizes, what styles you like, how much you want to spend on each of them, then what is going to happen is you will be paired with your own personal stylist that is going to handpick your items and send them right to your door. I did this last night. So I went on, I logged on, I signed up, and it took me through all these beautiful photos of examples of wardrobes that I would like. And at one point, I'm just going to say it, my husband looked over and he groaned because he said, oh, are you buying new clothes? I said, no, don't worry. It's going to come in a box. <laughs> I'm going to keep what I want and you just go to sleep. Um, but this, I really think could be awesome. It's going to be a game changer. They arrive, you try them on, you only pay for what you love. That's the key, right? Because you can return everything else, shipping, exchanges, and and returns are always free. And there's also no subscription required. So you're able to sign up to receive scheduled shipments to get your, quote, fix whenever you want. So for example, I have a date in December. I know I'm going to go home and there's going to be a little box and it's going to be a box of happiness. And maybe I don't keep everything in the box, but I know some of it is probably going to work. And one of the coolest things is these accessories, it'll take you through the different levels. Like, do you want something for a night out? Do you want work type clothes? Do you want casual? A lot of cool bohemian looks in there. Um, Stitch Fix styling fee is only 20 bucks. So that goes applied toward anything you keep for your shipment. So Get started now at stitchfix.com slash players, and you'll get an extra 25% off when you keep all items in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash players to get started today. Stitchfix.com slash players. I promise it's awesome. Where would you say you are right now in your career if you were describing it uh, in sports? How would you describe where? Uh, okay. You know, since... The word that people hate to hear in, in sports ever describing a player is elite. Because <laughs> then there's the huge argument about who that is. And, and what the tier is. Yeah, I what love tier, that topic. Which tier quarterback are you? Um, oh, that's a great... Yeah, yeah this is great. I, I'm probably, if I'm being completely bluntly honest, yep. you know, I can sell a lot of tickets and had a lot of hits, but still like almost there. I'd say like top of tier two. So not I'm not the elite like the top five QB, but I'm I'm trying to get there. That's really interesting. So who who did you consider on the top two of quarterbacks? Top two tier. Oh, top top two. Um, you know Jason Aldean, a guy that perennially you know he every year, just about he's either in the conversation or he wins entertainer. I mean that to me is like the so this is the that's top, the top tier. Yeah, tier. yeah, yeah. That's fast. So okay. we're working on getting there. Top, and then top tier of quarterbacks would obviously be Tom Brady. It would oh, be yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think the second tier of quarterbacks is always where it's a little interesting, you know, well, it, because you get some toggling. Yeah, there's and there's such a range there too. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go from the top to the bottom, uh, 
and I think you find that in in everything. But that, that quarterback conversation is always fun to have with people because they're like the homerism comes out strong. If there's like <laughs> right. somebody in the room from Boston, they're like, "Well, let me tell you about Tom Brady," and uh, it's like, no, he's he's really good and he is very very smart and uh, he is also, you know, at some point the end looms. Right, but I mean, it's hard to believe that that's ever really going to happen with him. I know he's right? one of the few, I know. but it, it it'll happen. Um, Time is undefeated. So you find a way to be the commissioner of your football league, your <laughs> fantasy football league, despite yes. all you have going on. How do you do that? How do you find time? Uh, I actually ran from a meeting that I was having with the head of my label. Uh, I, I got up and left like at the last possible second. I was like, okay, so you guys went straight to the house and like grabbed a box full of all the draft board and everything and like ran up the street to where we were meeting and uh, and got everything put up. But, you know, I've got a lot of really cool friends in that group of people and they are all very competitive and it's just a lot of fun. You know, I'm in a couple of other leagues, but those are just kind of the casual ones. It's like, yeah, I'm in it just to have that on my phone and be able to look at it. But <laughs> the one that I'm a commissioner of is, is that's the big, and that's the penalty league too. If you lose okay. our league, something bad happens. Like what? That's the one well, where the, this the year, pink Yeah, this Romo. year we said, no, 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 this is, this is much worse. Um, this year <laughs> we had decided that uh, whoever lost had to wear a romper. And um, <laughs> so a, a girl won this year. Awesome. And a I girl lost. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> We were like, it needs to have the winner's face on it. And so Amanda Domino, who is the winner of our league, huge, huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And so, you know, she had this shirt made up and she's wearing a crown that she found, you know, holding up a number one. And we printed it off and the loser was this girl named Shelby. And she thought that was going to be it. She thought it was just, ah, I got to wear a romper and it's going to have Amanda's face on it. <laughs> and uh, that was not the case. I, I kind of went to um my tailor and said no. hey i need you no. to, i need you to make this custom he said what is it for i told him and he goes oh my god absolutely so he found she's a bears fan and so she did not see it until draft night which is when she had to wear it and it was so the following a green bay jersey oh my gosh that he had cut he found like some fabric that he had made like a a Grinch Halloween costume for so he made the shorts out of that so it looked like turf and then it kind of it was all connected it was a, it was a romper he made it and it was so awesome I could not have been like the look on her face that was what I was going to ask what was her reaction when well, she and saw her, that and her boyfriend was there and he he's also a Bears fan <laughs> I think he was more mad about it than I was than she was if you're a Bears fan there's nothing you hate more than Green Bay oh <laughs> right it was awesome that is all. awesome. So and I don't I don't know what the penalty is for next year because we've talked about changing it. Um, but obviously, if if we're not afraid to do that, I really don't want to lose. Okay, so how do you pay attention to what's happening uh, during games? Like if you've got a show or if there's something that you've got to get done, what is your method of keeping up and how dedicated are you to that uh, with the if NFL? It, if it's a Cowboys game, I, I will have uh, our monitor guy like give us updates throughout the show. I, I won't. I, I haven't gone as far. I know Darius Rucker, who's a huge sports fan, huge South Carolina fan. He actually had, like, when they were in the Final Four or whatever, he had a, a, a show at the time, one of the games, and so he like put it. He had a monitor. He had a no TV on stage. I was like, I don't know if I'm going that far. That, <laughs> they, 
he, he can get away with it. He's Darius Rucker. They might throw things at me. But um, I, I do. I, I will go pretty far to get updates. And other than that, we're finding a TV. I'll pull the bus over. If we're traveling home, I'm like, nope, nope. Pull over right now. We need to be able to watch this game. Dale Earnhardt Jr. told me once that he he would get updates in his ear, his crew chief, you know, for Redskins games because that's yeah. his team too. But they all knew to be it, careful. Which, you're like just up friends with all of the Washington fans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's just you know we're a big network. I'm, I'm we're a big glad, loving network. Chris. I'm glad I get to do this interview then because <laughs> you're let in the club. <laughs> I didn't for know a how day. close right. I was no. being cut off. She's like, no, he's Cowboys. He's out. He's out. Uh, no, you know I respect. I do respect it. And when I think back to just memories, even in the old days at RFK. That that stadium would just bounce. That floor would shake, right? Specifically because they in Washington it was a whole thing where it would be Dallas week, you know, and mm. nothing else happened. People barely worked, right? Because everyone was getting so ready <laughs> for that rivalry game on Sunday. So I wish it was still that way. I think maybe at some point it can get to that a little bit. Um, but there's gotta be some winning. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean I, I even just knowing how Little things will stick in people's heads. Just walking around, going, "You like that?" at me because, yeah, you know, if you don't know why, then you obviously have never followed the the rivalry at all. But you know, it was uh, it, it's funny. People get like real serious. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You uh, you're also serious about your pet. I am. Your dog, I am. my boy. You came in here and said that he was having a little separation anxiety. Is that right? <laughs> Porter the dog. He uh, he is on Instagram. Yes, my dog has an Instagram. And the first thing that people say is, oh, my God, really? And then they look at it and they realize he has 53,000 followers. And they're like, oh, never mind. Okay, understood. Uh, but he's a German Shepherd, and he is way too smart for his own good. And he was getting out of his kennel, so I had to put him in this this new kennel that looks like he's in prison. I can attest because I saw a picture. It, it definitely looks, so looks bad. like a prison. And I, <laughs> he loves it, thank God, but he, he looks like he's in prison. How how's his demeanor? Is he? Oh, he's if he was here right now, he'd be laying in the floor. He's super chill, and he was a Christmas present for my little sister. Oh, that's a good story. So uh, my mom was terrified because she knew it was going to go one of two ways. I was either going to be really happy that I had a dog, or I was going to be really ticked off that somebody bought me a dog. And um, my sister knew I've always wanted a German Shepherd, so she went and found a German Shepherd, and that's what I got for Christmas. Was what him. was your reaction when you opened it? Oh, it was. Or I, I don't know. How did you open I it? Well, I out. guess you didn't open it. It's not uh, it's in a box, right? She didn't but have it was the puppy like, like wrapped up right, in a box okay. or anything. You could poke holes in the side. No, yeah, no Peter will call right, me tomorrow. True. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> it, how did she? Yeah. How did she um, reveal? She, she got um, the dog tag made, and. Opened that and then with the name underneath it was a photo. Yeah, so she named it. Yeah, I love it. She actually went to my friends and had one of my friends go, "Oh, would you, what would you name him?" And I was like, oh, "I'd probably name him Porter." And so that's oh, she did like she's super amazing. detective work. Super detective work. Um, she she won Christmas, so I, and my mom was not happy because my mom gave me something really really cool, <laughs> and then my sister came over the top with a dog. He's like trump card. So, uh, but it, it was, um, it's, it's been awesome. He's, he's super cool. He loves being on the road, loves the bus. Um, but yeah, he, he did not like being in the kennel on the bus. He hated that. He was getting out. He could get out in about 20 seconds. That's a super intelligent animal. And that's going to be fun to see what he continues to chew through. Oh God. I hope not. He did eat. He ate, uh, the first time he like got out at the house and got loose, 
Um, it scared me to death because I came back at like two in the morning. I just walked him about three hours before, and I was out with some friends, got home, and you know, all the lights are off. And I open the door, and there's just this animal. And I'm like, oh, get what, what? Oh, oh, you're in trouble. Like, it went oh, no. from terrified to angry really fast. And I walked in the house, and there's just, you know, boxes torn up. And I posted a photo, and uh, all of the Philly and Washington and New York fans on my Instagram noticed that he ate a Cowboys beanie. And they were like, well, guess his oh, allegiance so does funny. not lie with Dallas. <laughs> He's sending a message. Yeah, he was right? like, nope, no, they hadn't won anything since I've been alive. And I was like, you're eight months old, calm down. That is funny how, um, you know, how they do that to get attention from their owners. They require a lot of attention. How how do you, this kind of goes back to the fantasy football question too. I mean, what is your life like when you're not on stage or you're not writing songs? I mean, do you have time and what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> it just evaporates. Um, yeah, like, you know, I, we're here. Um, as soon as I'm done with you, I'm going to another interview and a photo shoot. And then yesterday I went to a breakfast meeting and then got done with that and, you know, went back and walked the dog, fed him, put him back up, left the house, wrote a song, came back, walked the dog again. So, it, you know, it, it uh, it's good. It's good. I, I can't complain. I love my job and I, I really don't mind anything that I have to do for it because it's a really cool job. I have dug post holes before. That was a lot less fun. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I um I love when athletes and specifically NFL players talk about the moment for them going out on the field, right? Like before a game and, and what that feels like and the adrenaline and the excitement and having to calm yourself down too, right? That's a huge part of it that I think people don't oh, yeah. know, especially if it's like Monday night football, right? Or Sunday night. Um, like big show, you know. Right, first time, yeah. First is time that you open to a stadium, you know, like I played, yeah. I got to play Wrigley one time. What's that like for an artist? Um, it's really cool. And I very, very rarely get nervous, but every now and then when you do something that you haven't done, um, the first time I played LP field during CMA Mm -hmm. fest, you're like trying to amp yourself up and calm yourself down at the same time. Yes. Cause you don't want to be like, you know, some, somebody said there's, there's a Patton Oswalt joke comedian and he talks about Axl Rose running out on stage at the rock and roll hall of fame induction. He got way too overhyped and he was like out of breath by the first chorus and i was like you never want to do that as an artist and it's so yes. easy to get kind of lost in that and you know but you also don't want to come out flat either mm-hmm. so it's that weird thing and i i know that's in that has to happen in sports well you're talking about going out for like a big game yeah that does also you make me think about um ufc mike bisping is is a, a guy that i've worked with and he um he's a ufc you know champion and he talked about how he used to do it where he would go out and he thought the key was get yourself as amped up as possible right right but then he realized really fast it absolutely drains you right and there's the way that you have to be as an athlete is to what you said you just get yourself to that level playing field like I believe the most boring phrase in sports is not too high not too low but if you listen to every <laughs> single quarterback press conference I guarantee they will say that's, it yeah, you that's hear what it, it all is. the time but it's true yeah right and so yeah it's, I think that's interesting <laughs> if you deal with the same kind of thing yeah and I I, I could see that I could see Biz being saying that because I, I yeah. I'm a huge MMA fan too so I, awesome. like back in the day like Jens Pulver mm-hmm. like little evil like way way back in the day um so it's a like randomly the other day we were in the middle of Iowa and Jens was there and texted me and said, Hey, can I bring the family back? I'm like, yeah, what are you doing here? He goes, I don't know. Tim Sylvia's out here too, walking around. I was like, what is happening? But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean that's got to be that's got to be one of those things that's just really really tough. And all of sports and anything in music is you don't want to come out and just wear yourself out by song too, but you also mm-hmm. want people to feel energy when you come on stage. What is the moment you would say for you that might be equal to like making a game winning catch? What is it like? Where like what is the moment that you love the most when you're on stage? Uh. So this this didn't happen in my career up until the past couple years, but when we're playing an arena, about four or five songs in, and I can stop and just look at the crowd, and people start screaming for no reason, and it's awesome. <laughs> that just you, gave me chills. I, it is. I love that. Dumb, like I know that sounds like I'm patting myself on the back. No. That is not it. Is the crowd? It has nothing to do with me, and it is so awesome. Is it like you realize that you can? It's not control, but it's like you know that they're into it, and they are. It's like well, and it's kind of like playing chicken too, because you're like, I'm just gonna stand here and see what you do. You can either boo or cheer. I don't, I don't know which one. <laughs> what made you try that to begin with? I don't know. And it, it actually just happened one day at a show. And now it's almost a... It doesn't happen every show. But it's it's almost a pretty regular thing. And it's it's just wild. That it's is really cool. cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Do you have a, a pre-show routine that you stick uh, to? A shot and a prayer. I don't know if you're supposed to do both of those at the same time. But that's, that's kind of the way it works out. Just being great. totally honest. <laughs> um, we all get together and... Everybody uh, on my bus gets together and we do one shot. And I do a prayer and then we walk. And um, normally, I don't know why, I always go on two minutes after I'm supposed to go on. The two minute warning. Like two minutes exactly. So really? if we're supposed to start at like nine o'clock, I start at nine o two. Okay, wait. So now, so is that a superstition now? I love that. I, I'm it's very... almost now it's become a thing. Like it would be weird if I didn't do it. So people that are going to your shows should know that well, you now still got do. two minutes of I've grace period. I've never said that anywhere before. <laughs> Go grab yourself a beer. No, but that's superstition is big. Yeah. Two minutes. So it was accidental and then it turned into a thing kind of? Then it's a thing. Yeah. And I'll look at – I've actually stood there on deck ready to go on the turntable and oh, looked down wow. at my stage manager, Alan, been like, what time you got? He's like, right on the nose. You want to go? I'm like, nope. Tell me it was two after. Wow. Are there other ways that you're superstitious at all? Not really. That's I just realized that's one of the few, like, you know, I know there's some yeah. Some people are like super, like, I have multiple things that have to happen. Mm-mm. That's really interesting. Everyone that, that follows you, your fans certainly know about the success of Hanging On. What are What are you most excited about? coming up here for yourself uh so obviously the tour everything that's Mm -hmm. going on you know we we're talking the other day in a room about 2020 already i mean it's it's so weird once you get to a certain point as an artist how far ahead you have to look because you have to start like holding buildings and deciding how big are we going next year and what kind of set are we doing and what are we changing and if we're going to do this we have to create video content for it and got to approve that and then we got to rehearse the show then i got to figure out if we're doing a new order what we're moving all that stuff around to order meaning set list got it okay song song order sorry Mm -hmm. uh but on top of all of that you know with with losing sleep being you know that record debuted at number one and uh 
the single went mm-hmm. to one platinum single and hanging on, you know, making its run and, and really doing a lot of cool things. Uh, I, I've already been working on a new record, so uh, I, I've got a lot of really, really cool music um, for the next project. So, and you're also the first person I've told that to. So, well, you, well, you got to give us a give us a little hint or nugget about what to expect. There is quite possibly my favorite tempo that I've ever written that is this country anthem that is on the next record that I love. And it's uh, it's going to be really cool. It's going to freak people out. I've also got a song on there, um, and I, I haven't told anybody about any of this. Like, There's about six people at my label that have, that have heard the okay. new stuff. A um, couple other people outside of that, and that's it. But there's... Um, also, the polar opposite of that, there's a song on the record um, that I wrote about a friend of mine that, that died, um, and, and I've never really touched that sort of topic before, okay. but it's, uh, it, it, I just love it. I wrote it with the same guys that I wrote I'm Coming Over With, mm-hmm. and I wrote Hanging On, Corey Crowder and Josh Hogue. The three of us just got, got in a room and came out with this song, and it's, uh, you know, the hook of the song is talking about Missing You Comes in Waves, and Tonight I'm Drowning. Mm. It's just a super sad song. Um, but totally something that people go through, you know? Just, Absolutely. Just missing people that How aren't there How did you anymore. lose your friend? Uh, car accident. Oh. And it was, this has been several, several years ago, but uh, the only funeral I've ever sung at. Wow. Because his parents asked me to, so. What was that experience like for you? That was heavy. That was... That was a tough one. Um, but, you know, I mean, one of the, the great things about music is it's not just, ah, we went out and got hammered last night. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there there are those songs. There's one of those on the record, too. But there's there's also the ability to talk about loss and heartbreak and, mm-hmm. you know, family, just like in, anything and everything. Nothing is really off limits in music, and, and I love that. Cole Swindell was telling us about You Should Be Here and Mm -hmm. saying that he kind of felt like that was, early on, that was a reason that he was even in Nashville in the first place. Just because it lends you, you know, then that situation happened with his father. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it just seems like it's, that that only touches fans more, I think, when people, you know, when you put songs out like that and then all of a sudden we talk about relatability, you know, people who have lost someone, you know, just share that all over. So, okay, so bringing it back to sports um, after a heavier topic, what what would your championship moment be for you in this industry? What do you hmm. consider that? I don't know. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that every day I get up, I'm like, all right, got to top what we did before. Got to keep going because there's no, like, there's no end. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's it's one of those things almost – you know, time is undefeated. Everybody has their run as an artist. You never know when that's going to end. Just like a player, you time know, is undefeated. Yeah, yeah you, you wow. never know when that that end for you is. You know, some people go to thirty four. Some people can go to forty two. It, it just kind of depends person to person and what your music is like and and what you're doing for your career arc. But I don't know what that moment is for for like the winning the Super Bowl moment for me. And I guess I'll probably know when I get there. I think that's cool. That means that you're very much still in the present, right? In the journey, I guess. Oh, yeah. I got a lot more to do. That's, 
I've, uh, <laughs> I've, I, this sounds so morbid. I've almost died a couple times just from random accidents. Uh, and well, now you you're know, opening a whole different yeah, can of worms yeah, here. Yeah. You know. So, but but <laughs> this sounds so weird to say, but I've always like that's why I'm super. I've got to finish this record because what <laughs> if something happens? I want to make sure it comes out. Every time I start on a new project, that's the thought that is running through my head at all times. And I know that sounds so weird. There's probably some psych major right now that's going to listen to this and be like, I know what's wrong with him. He's he's messed up. But that always is going through my head. So, okay. But we should clarify those those accidents. They were so that fans aren't freaking out. That you almost... Oh, you oh yeah. No, like one of them was a long time ago. And... uh I was on the way to a show and uh, had like a small scratch on my leg that had gotten um, infected and didn't didn't know it. And I got on the plane and started having weird vision problems. And then like from the time I got to Nashville to Denver, they were like, like the most embarrassed I've ever been in my life is like going from super, super hot to like teeth chattering cold like obviously something's wrong and i i was in septic shock i'd my i'd gone septic and uh i didn't know that um and they had to do the announcement on the plane <laughs> hey we've got somebody that needs to get off the plane first off of a flight from nashville and then put me in a wheelchair outside the exit of the plane so all these people are walking by like what the heck's wrong with that guy <laughs> oh um, no but uh, thank God you're okay. We, yeah, went there to the hospital. They're like, "Oh, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we're not even going to put you in surgery till tomorrow. Your your parents can come tomorrow on the plane. It's fine. You're you're good. You you know you do have an infection. We are going to have to keep you in the ICU overnight." Um, and then about two hours later, they came back in and said, "Hey, your blood pressure's so low. Your organs are going to start failing. Like, wheel me back. Had Chris. somebody give me the say your prayers to wh- no. whoever you believe no. in." Yep. Yeah. But I didn't, I only missed like a weekend of shows because I never really told everybody how bad it was. That's terrifying. So, uh, but yeah, um, very refined sense of mortality and that you can go at any time. 10 4. Okay. Uh, so that sounds really morbid when I say it. That's why I always want to finish a record, but it's the truth. All right. Well, no, I mean, it makes sense. And you got a, a lot of good work still uh, still to come. Last question for you. <laughs> that's that's not a weird way to segue to the end of it's this, not. is it? No. no. I mean, right? I know. I know. Well, we better let you go. You got a lot of stuff to do. No, I'm He's kidding. He's got things to do right He now. does. Fast. Really fast. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but I just feel like you, you actually might have a good answer for this. Would you rather win your fantasy football league or Ooh. see... The Dallas Cowboys oh, make it to the Super God. Bowl. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Make it to the Super Bowl or win? I'm, See, g- I'm gonna say make it, but it, I'm, I know yeah. where you're going with yeah, this. If it's win, then it's the Cowboys. If it's make it to the Super Bowl, oh, um, oh, this shouldn't be this hard to quit. Yeah, it's probably seeing the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl. But it's really not. I can tell by how no, you're wrestling no, it with is. It. it really is. It is because I would be there. I, I would cancel the show if they. No, made. I, I would move it. I would be like, I'm sorry. I will refund every ticket personally out of my bank account so I can go to this game. Um, yeah, I I would have to go to that. I mean, that would just be so cool. So. Fair enough. That's awesome. And, and for the for the next time, I do think we'll have to hit on. Please, the fact. Jerry Jones, stop making picks. Please, Jerry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I do think it's fascinating the whole topic of because I think for a team to just get there, 
that's almost I'm mean, obviously you want to win the Super Bowl and obviously everyone would say that but I don't know there's something about just getting to that to that pinnacle you know that's even more special anyway we'll save that for next time okay um so great to talk to you I'm really really excited about your new music thank I can't you. wait to hear that too so and I've already you. sung all the vocals for that so don't worry it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so if something happens then you're covered I'm kidding perfect all right well good well good luck to you you know on the field and off thank that's you that's great okay oh was it was that honest wow the good good luck on the field because I'm going to take that to mean the Cowboys well I'm going to take it that way for the Cowboys <laughs> when <laughs> when the Redskins aren't doing well but no, okay we're going to we're going to be good <laughs> thank you again thank you Thank you for listening to this week's episode and a special thanks to my guest, Chris Young. Uh, truly one of the most entertaining interviews and unexpected interviews I would say I've ever done. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to the other great episodes of Players. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget, guys, to leave a review while you're there. Thanks so much. And I want to say a special thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work, especially Bob and my good friend Sloan down in Nashville, one of the coolest gals around and a whiz in the booking department. Thanks, of course, to my sponsor, Stitch Fix. Please support them the way they support this podcast. Can't wait to get back to it. I'll see you next week.